And oh my god, that was gonna be our in, uh, our intro until you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that could honestly be the quote for every week. This was supposed to be our intro, but you fucked it up. <laughs> okay, did you have Neil try your coffee? I did. It was pleasant and very suitable on a day like September third. Episode 30 of the Fancy Ramen Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm Cookie. I'm, I'm Scott. Oh, oh ooh, <laughs> sorry. You came in after me, which sorry. means... And it, I'm Lizzie. It's not like there's anything I can do to fix that. No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not Neil doesn't edit, do it. right? <laughs> now I don't have to edit since we've already acknowledged it. Sweet. So... Lizzie, you're on especially for one specific topic that I think everyone here is excited to uh, to talk about. I don't know if excited is the word. <laughs> it sounds like you're flabbergasted about how amazing the uh, show is or was or movie. No. And actually, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Is that a Final Fight shirt, Cookie? Street Fighter, man. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think it's Street Fighter. No, yeah, it's a Street Fighter shirt. But that fight looks like it's from Final Fight. Oh no no! The fights from the new uh, Street Fighter Eight. Uh, they're this is the font they used uh, for like their KOs and things. It's a Street Fighter shirt. Okay, interesting. Oh no! Now I see the Street Fighter Five. Sorry. All right. Interruptions aside, Cookie <laughs> has a cool Street Fighter shirt that's pretty badass. I'm you, sorry, I can go upstairs and grab the hat too. You can. Oh, there's a hat too. Yeah, there's oh, a hat. We'll have to see it later. <laughs> yeah. So everyone in this room, with the exception of myself, has seen the new Netflix live action version of Death Note. Wait, you didn't watch it? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> he probably read my title for it in the show notes. It's awful. I'll I'll say my part in a little bit, but let's talk about uh uh white stains. What is the term? Whitewashed, yeah. Whitewashed <laughs> death note. They explain the whitewashing part, okay. Yeah, actually Did they? they have yeah. complete rationale for it. Yeah, they were like so we're not in Japan. We're in Chicago. As a matter of fact, he went with... Seattle. They're in Seattle. Thank you. Sorry. Matter of fact, they even went with a... He used the name to kind of draw attention to the fact that he's not in Japan. Right. So he kind of like said, yeah, okay, this is not happening in Japan. Ooh. So is his name not Light ya- Yagami? Yam- his, na- his name is not Yagami Light. It's Light, Light Turner. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my father. What a great name. Uh, my father, Heavy Turner. <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys haven't caught up, we're talking about the Death Note movie, a Netflix original. Uh, so there's obviously going to be spoilers in this conversation. Sure. To the movie and potentially the anime. So the beginning had like a lot of very confusing things. <laughs> so the only, okay, in the anime, the guy, Light, was really, really smart. Well, in this, the only time they were kind of saying he was smart is they had him doing homework for other kids. But he didn't even finish the homework and he gave it to the guy. And got paid for it. Yeah, the the little video, the parody video or whatever, the, the editor... Uh, I don't even know what to call it, but the reaction video I saw from <laughs> Cookie shows Light working on algebra. Right. Yes. Light's super college. smart. So he's working on algebra and... No, I think he's in high it. school. Yeah, I think he's high school. Yeah. 
in this movie. <laughs> Regardless, I was I was taking but, calculus in high school. I know. And yeah, I'm, algebra. I, I wasn't even like an AP student. Yeah, algebra yeah. is like a middle school thing in the states these days. If you're smart, like if if you're in an advanced math track, you've probably done algebra before you've even gone to high school. Right. Solve so Light, Light Turner is the smartest kid in his incredibly <laughs> dumb high school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then the uh, girl character, I guess, she's, Mia. yeah, she was uh, doing cheerleading thing and she was like smoking a cigarette while practicing. And it was just like, that's the only time in the movie she's smoking a cigarette. It's just like, oh, so just to like get off, like make her seem cool at the beginning. I don't know. It was dumb. Are you insinuating that maybe blonde gothic Lolita was not going to fly in this version of uh, Death Note? I guess not. So <laughs> the main ki- the chick in the anime was a blonde gothic Lisa. Lolita. Oh, nice. Lisa. So yeah. she was blonde and she wore like the goth clothes, but it was all frilly and shit. So oh, nice. gothic Lolita. For those who didn't know what gothic Lolita was, my wife looked at us like we were crazy. No, I know what it is. Okay. One of my friends is Lolita. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Wait, wait. What? One of your friends is Lolita? Yeah, she dresses Lolita. Wait, but I think there's a difference between Lolita and, and gothic, gothic Lolita. Lolita. Yeah, she's just Lolita. Like, really girly. Girly girl. Oh, is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Versus my, gothic Lolita, which my, is My perception of Lolita. Lolita is changed because of 4chan, so... <laughs> well, no, you're talking about Nabokov's, uh, like, Lolita, right? You know what I'm talking about? The uh, it's it's an old old like uh, classic literature book called Lolita, by um, I who knows what his name is. It's Nabokov. I don't know his first name. He's a Russian writer. He wrote it. I don't know. Early twentieth century, maybe. Is it but, about things that are potentially illegal in the countries of our listeners? Exactly. It's uh, a novel that's uh, basically referenced or used as a reference now to um, an adult who becomes obsessed with a uh, younger person who would be below any sort of consenting age that he gets involved with later after becoming like her stepfather. Holy crap. Uh, it's a, it's it's really fucked up, but that's that's actually that's actually where Lolita comes from, as far as like a uh, referential term. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Not only do I feel Bobby. a little dirty from having this conversation, <laughs> but I just got a picture of her Lolita friend, and she looks like a Disney princess. Basically, it's like, yeah, she looks like a doll almost. Yeah, that's. I think that's definitely part of the style is is to be very dollish. Right. Is she saving herself for her Disney princess prince? <laughs> I mean, fuck. Well, I mean, you know what? Who? It's not my right to say that she's waiting for a prince either. So. Right. No, I think this is actually her boyfriend. Yeah, she could be waiting for her dude. Wow, you or... know what? Like, no offense to him, he seems like a really chill, cool guy. But uh, I was expecting someone with blonde hair wearing like you know shoulder puffy shirts. Oh god! And with like a doublet at least. <laughs> Here's your gothic Lolita. Oh, I just pulled it. That's too. baby metal that you're showing me. Okay, we we have so many <laughs> fucking visuals here that are not working for the podcast. Death oh, note. Yeah, true. Death oh, yeah. note. Hot garbage. Hot dumpster fire. It's what level so... of shit are we talking here? I mean, well, 
Netflix only allows us to give two ratings anymore, which is thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> so I think it, it, it pretty much secures its space in the lower 49% as a thumbs down yes. yeah. kind of film. Light Turner is a whiny, stupid, lame main character that yep. I can't find myself cheering for or like being interested in succeeding at all. Unlike Yagami Light, who... I think part of the excitement in Death Note is even with the introduction of L, you're kind of cheering for both of them to win. Or at least like you don't you don't want to see Light fail necessarily. Like he's the type of anti-hero you can get behind. But this Light Turner, I was just like, I can't wait till he gets busted. He's gonna screw up so bad. Right. And he did it so fast. I guess the one yeah. character I did like in the movie was L. I thought they did a good portrayal of L. Angry L, I I love it. Like at the end when they kill. Oh, it, I assume we we're letting spoilers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Run yeah. amok on this because really, if anybody's gonna listen to our review and then watch it, they're not really caring what our opinion is at that point. So <laughs> or they just want to see how horrible it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might as well sit down with the. Uh, handful of popcorn and enjoy the <laughs> the train wreck that it is yes but once watari gets killed and l is just like that's that's fine i'm just gonna shoot light in the face with a gun <laughs> who cares about the law anymore i was like right. all right i like this l i can get behind him <laughs> i i definitely wanted to cheer for him even harder at that point which they leave kind of an open-ended ending don't they that l finds a page of the death note yeah, yeah. He finds a page of the Death Note. Everybody knows that Light is Light. Kira. Yeah. Kira, thank you. And uh, I assume this L, like, unless there's some weird character development that, that happens that we're unaware of, once this L finds a pen, it's over for Light Turner. Right. Which is fine. <laughs> he can just, he's already in the hospital, like, on a on a crash cart or a gurney or whatever, so... Wait, I, I kind of, I'll be honest, I just kind of dropped out of this conversation for a second. <laughs> That's fine. The, You're not missing anything. At the end of the movie, Light and L are both alive, correct? Yes. yes. Except in a twist of fate, L knows who Light is. Yep. And he has a death note? He has a death note page. Yeah. Okay. And it's just uh, cuts to Farouk laughing over L in the hospital. Because right. he knows L has a page. Ryuk. 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 Yeah, Ryuk. Yeah. Sorry, who's Farouk? Farouk. Farouk's Ryuk. the genie that <laughs> is next to <laughs> next oh to Ryuk. Um, and yeah, L is actually in, at the very end of the movie, L is in Mia's home and just pulled out a uh, page from the Death Note that was hidden in Mia's calculus book. And Light is on a gurney after sort of faking his own coma slash death and he's telling his dad who he didn't kill how he did all of it so he's confessing to his dad the police officer and then the movie just kind of ends yeah with uh right willem dafoe ryuk which was great casting like i i think uh sierra had made a comment that the casting for l and ryuk was awesome and yeah, it's too Ry- bad i yeah. liked ryuk too who, I think who they plays did a good l job. some black guy yeah, yeah I liked that. I liked <laughs> that's all we really know. I think the only really identifiable actor is uh, Willem Dafoe. I didn't and that's really just recognize because we knew it's else. William Dafoe. 
yeah, yeah there, I mean, there's he's got just the voice. an interesting thing to point out. Like I hate I hate the whitewashing of of Hollywood, and I guess I don't know if this is necessarily Hollywood, but by extension. Uh, but at the same time, I also find it always very weird when it's a random black guy. No, I, I find it positive when they cast other ethnicities in right. as characters that are predominant or like were otherwise a different or otherwise Caucasian, like uh, yeah. Roland from the Gunslinger or uh, uh, the Dark Tower series is black. Mm-hmm. And I thought like just to myself that, oh, yeah, that's I think that's good. I think that is good. Right. Yeah, and they made explanations for it too, just by having this be a different narrative than <laughs> they made the explanations <laughs> as in, "Whoa, you're black." Yes, I am black. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I mean like with all of their casting decisions, they at least cover it by uh, implying that the thing with light has already happened, or uh, maybe not has already happened, but but they're implying that you know, that Death Note narrative is different from the one in this live-action movie. Yeah. Because um, I guess there can't be two L's, but this L that they made, like, although he has some mannerisms that are similar to L from the anime, he definitely has his own personality type, which actually I think was a strength. Like, it was really cool. There's no reason to have a super intelligent and calculating L when he's going up a, like super stupid light anyway like yeah this l is still really smart but he doesn't need to be super cool and calculating because the light he's against is a cakewalk he doesn't need and to be in pajamas all day with his like sitting hunched up in a he has a chair. ninja outfit a ninja outfit yes he is a ninja throughout he's, this entire- <laughs> he's a hoodie literally ninja, a ninja. <laughs> he is a hoodie he has ninja candy which i liked Th- this conversation is actually kind of pushed me towards watching it more oh, than God. not at this point. It's only an hour and 30 so minutes. I was about to say, it's like, honestly, you take out Light. And his girlfriend. Most of the story. <laughs> and like maybe an hour and 28 minutes. And you got a good movie. <laughs> yeah, those two minutes of, of L chasing Light where he pushes a dude's face into a bowl of soup. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite moment. I think mine was when Light was screaming. The first time he met Ryuk. Ah! <laughs> it was very, yeah. very exaggerated and just awful. Ooh, speaking of exaggerated, what do you guys think of each of the like death scenes? Uh, Not that memorable, I guess. Yeah. They were just kind of like unexpectedly gory. Yeah. But... Kind of. For no for no particular reason either. Like when I watch a Tarantino film and it's horribly bloody or something, like it kind of has a purpose, or at least like there's you can tell that there's some sort of thematic intention. But in this, it just seems like they decided to like let's do some gory stuff. So it seems like real gruesome <laughs> consequences. Yeah, but that's about it. Because some things have consequences and other things don't. Yeah. But yeah, I like how I loved how L was no, how Light was super smart and the only thing that he did to show it was him doing a thing and then the super convoluted plan at the very end yeah. where he explained his three pa- three chapters of the Death Note <laughs> to fake his coma. Light is super smart because A someone says, "Hey, you're pretty smart." And then at the very end of the movie he proves that he's capable of doing something competent and like at that point it's almost like 
not really believable because you have been watching his character the whole time. Yeah, you've doing just, been, just watching been watching him fuck bumble. up. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, like he really thought about all that? Like, I don't think. I, <laughs> I think you had somebody workshop for you for a couple of minutes. <laughs> That's your last week when you were like, oh, let's just lay low. Did the spirit of Willem Dafoe's character in Boondock Saints come out of nowhere and actually <laughs> no. tell him what to do behind the scenes? Probably. It's just. Yep. So. Yeah. Death please note. kill me note gets uh, a thumbs down out of five. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say that I really think I should appreciate the anime Death Note a lot more. And it sounds like everyone's seen it. Uh, Lizzie, have you seen the anime? Yes, but okay. it was like 90, a while ago. 90% of the anime she yeah, saw. Yeah, I guess I didn't finish it because it got kind of... Convoluted. Because, yeah. you know, I think she stopped watching when they went to America. Yeah. For mm. a season. Yeah. I, I've but I really enjoyed the, Like, especially the first season. Or like the beginning, I really leading liked. up to the first L's death because mm-hmm. I mean there are quote unquote multiple L's you could say mm-hmm. no there's L- only one M-N, L well yeah. and then light turned into L right exactly light, light there was assumes N. his identity then there was R no I, uh, I remember it's mellow N. and near that's one M that's and it. N L M N and then if it didn't work O P Q R S T U V X Y Z was gonna go after light so he had quite a bit to contend with. I'm actually thinking about rewatching it a little bit just because, I don't know, the movie was so awful. I need to almost like rinse my mouth with yeah. <laughs> the real thing. With a good version? Yes. I think I've, the movie makes people appreciate the anime so much more. Yeah. Like even the mellow and near arc is so much better than this movie. Yeah. Yes. There's something about the anime that like never was able to hook me even though it's all about convoluted plot twists and plans and that's exactly up my alley like in the same way that jojo's uh and like sagrada reset both have that whole weird like oh it seems like we made a mistake there but one episode later we're going to show that this was all actually under my plan (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i there's something about light yagami's character that i just can't necessarily get over and it's purely the fact that like he just comes off as such like it's obvious from the get-go or at least it was to me that this is like the corruption of the character from day one or episode one like having a character that's so smart and given such power you can only assume that things are going to go downhill morally speaking for him it's the breaking bad narrative of anime because because you can give people that much power and it not turn out that bad Lelouch right. from Lelouch though is like the ultimate case where it doesn't, and <laughs> even though he's like the ultimate fall guy, and that's maybe why I like Code Geass so much because even though it seems like he he's is an anti-hero the entire time, it's like he's actually the truest hero. Yeah, like he sacrifices himself for the greater good of of uh, the world. He realizes by the end of the series or near the end that uh, Code Geass spoilers, mind you. Uh, that he has to basically become the greatest evil and go down in order to ensure like a longer peace for his sister, his sister who he has chained up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, One of my favorite memes ever, way back in the day when Code Kiosk uh, had uh, just come out, was a picture of because it was around. I think it was roughly around the same time that Cinnamon Toast Crunch had the. Uh, like adults adults can can see why kids love uh cinnamon toast crunch 
but she's holding a box of Fruit Loops. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) She's like, even I can see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Because not only is blinds through the (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, Yeah, so Uh, uh, what video 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 games have you guys been playing? Well, me and my wife are now a two-switch family. Congratulations. Did you name it? Your second Switch? Blue. <laughs> I guess. And mine's been renamed to Red. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the two Switches, and what they have done, assumedly picked up one with the blue and red Joy-Con and have swapped the Joy-Cons with their black one. So right. now one has blue and one has red. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Clever. Uh, we've been playing Splatoon 2. Which has an awful, awful party system. It kind of really does. The it's, worst. It sucks. So when you get in a match, you can't even jump out if like... Say your friend doesn't get in? Right. You, you can't, can't jump, jump out, out before the match even starts. Time to just close well, Splatoon 2. Well, and sometimes too. you like wait for like five minutes for your group to fill up and you can't jump out during that time. So you're like literally just have to sit so there So the and timer wait. will keep recycling until it parties people up. And you can't like form a pre-party to jump in a game at the same time. So what we've been doing is I've had Lizzie jump into a game and then I'll try to join her when her lobby's filling up. And if that doesn't work, then I just wait for her next game. (laughs) And then I try to join that game. It's really sad. And like when he does join me, we can't, we're not always guaranteed to be on the same team. I think out of all 30 plus matches we've played, we've been on the same team like six times. Uh, I would say it's less than 50%. Which is sad, because we want to play together. <laughs> yep. So. So good luck partying up with um, your random friends using the, using the Switch app. Because actually, if you use the mobile app to party up with your friends, it's not to play publicly. It's to play privately only. Oh, wow. Ah, interesting. Yeah, private there, matches only. There is only one way that you can create a pre-party, but it's basically you have to have all four people. Yeah, so during Splatfest, we were like, oh, we can, form a, we can form a party real fast. So we got into the same lobby, and I was like, we both clicked ready, and we're like, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and it's just like waiting for the other two players to join. I'm like, yeah, we don't have friends to invite. <laughs> you, you could invite Tiffany, I guess, but... We need her friend code. Oh, yeah. yeah. Need to have, have her take a picture of her friend code, because friend codes... Thumbs yeah. up. So it's been interesting. I mean, it's a fun game, but I just wish that you could play with the people you'd want to play with easier and be able to jump out of matches, lobbies. Yeah, that you that either are taking forever or if like, your friend doesn't get in it. I don't know. It seems like this is a growing uh, pattern with Nintendo where like pattern growing pattern or just the same old consistent (laughs) pattern yeah where the games are good but i just wish i could actually play it with my friends right nintendo thank you for internet i guess (laughs) (laughs) nintendo make new friends (laughs) (laughs) i've been playing a lot of of splatoon 2 with lizzie and then i've been playing uh xcom mario and rabbits yeah, Mario Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. It's not that easy. <laughs> oh, wait, really? 
It's <laughs> like I've tried to play the first challenge map. So granted, I'm only on world two dash three. So I really like it. So what they do is they set you up in like one big world that's got like little puzzles that you have to solve. Not platformers because you can't jump outside of battle. And so during these battles, like as you enter into a certain series of battles, they'll say world one dash one was actually two battles. And then after you finish that second battle, you go through a flag that says you're on world one dash two now. And it's a series of its own battles with like light puzzle solving in between. You're like the first person that said to me, though, that this game is is hard. So it's more difficult than I was thinking it was going to need to be. Is it more difficult than XCOM? In some cases. So like I played the first challenge map. And the first challenge map said the difficulty is very easy. Yeah. No. Uh, is a challenge map any way different from regular gameplay? Like, no. Is it just you have to kill these enemies mm-hmm. and then you go on or you need to save someone yeah just you need to kill all the enemies on, on how, mu- screen. how much XCOM did you play none oh, okay okay that's what i have conversation played is going but i have played some <laughs> XCOM like games and comparatively Weirs- to the ones that i've played this one's actually got some more challenging maps what is the reward for doing a challenge map i will tell you when i beat one but i think it's just gold and uh experience orbs so you can level up your characters and buy new weapons uh gotcha speaking of buying new weapons i've also been playing absolver as has scott am i correct you are correct oh what'd you get it on i got it on pc cookie and i'm real sorry well that's fine you should have just told me i'll pick up a second copy (laughs) oh Oh man, I thought I was gonna like be feeling some guilt here. I just no. it was uh the day of release and I was just like, Man, I would need another title on PlayStation to play online for me to warrant buying PS plus. So I bought yeah, Absolver. Sixty bucks a year when it's not on sale, right? Yeah. But I mean, I think you can always find it on sale in some pretty avenue much. or another. But yeah, I was just like, well, I'll check it out for the PC first. Plus, with my uh, Elite controller, I have those little paddles on the back that I use for games like Dark Souls and now Absolver to perform some actions with my hands still on all of the necessary controls for other stuff. Would you really need the paddles on the back for Absolver? Not really, no, but (laughs) it still helps a little bit. Like, you know the... um, like he spent a hundred bucks on a, on a controller, he may yeah. as well use it, right? I might as well Makes use sense. it. Yeah, you know the D-pad commands though to mm-hmm. like either pull out your weapon or heal yourself or use some other ability. Like I have those uh, bound to the paddles, and so like I can push someone to the edge, and then right as soon as my combo finishes, I can use like the shockwave one to push them off of a bridge or something. And I so dig it. It, you've it got the shockwave one. Fuck me. Yeah, man, it's great. There's a, another one I saw that like slows your opponent or whatever. I've like, got that it's a one. gravity move. Yeah, I've got I, gravity. I can't wait to get that. That's the other thing I really like about Absolver too. Is like everybody's growth is gonna be pr- pretty wildly unique. different. Yeah, like it's super organic. Every every person I've fought has been at least slightly different to radically different, which has been really cool. Um. There's what? there's a couple questions I have for you then, Cookie. Um, 
regarding your experience, especially with like the PVP end. But have you had many people, have you encountered many people in like uh, PVP or just uh, PVE plus P interactions? Yes. And how have those so, gone for you? Because I've gotten into a couple and I cannot ever encounter someone who wants to play cooperatively first, but I think I've been a little bit ahead of the game on the amount of time I've been playing and maybe I'm good at it, but I've just had to beat everybody into submission that I've found and then, and then request them to help me. And then they're like, oh, well, okay, you did just beat me up and revive me. It's the opposite on the PlayStation, actually. So, like, what normally happens is, because I was playing the other day, and I was like, no, I kind of just want to run through this solo. So I would get requests, and then i deny those requests, and then they'd start trying to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you don't want to be your friend, huh? <clears throat> so sometimes it turns out good for me, sometimes it turns out bad for me. I punch but, people into friendship. That's, that's what I've had to do. But yeah, so like I've run into some people who have been like, "Hey, do you want to do you want a friend request?" And it's like, "No," and they'll run away, and that's fine. Some people will like the aforementioned gang up on me because I denied them friendship. And I think I've run into like two people who the first time I saw them, they just straight up tried to hit me with the um jumping knee elbow power move. Did you, uh, what's your... Jumping uh, knee, what is elbow, it? power move. So <laughs> yeah. they're jumping, they're kneeing and elbowing you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that that new fighting game you've yeah. been playing? Yeah. Um, so Which, I went what's with your the... method? Is it the parry, the dodge, or the, like, endure? The dodge. Dude, Always I did the, the dodge. dodge, too. The dodge is I, great. My plan is to do the dodge, and I've got about three moves unlocked for the drunken fist. So I'm constantly, I'm at the moment grinding that one guy at the Coliseum, Coliseum area. Okay, I know what you're talking about. To get some more drunken, drunken boxing. I'm getting moves. lost as fuck on these maps. So lost all the time. Dark Souls lost. More than Dark Souls lost. Dark Souls <laughs> makes sense to me. These maps are even more convoluted. Oh man! So I'm just like running in circles all the time. But the reason I keep trying to like make I guess friends or have people uh, join me is when there's like three or four enemies all at once, those gangs really suck. Like I don't oh. mind one V two and one V three. If there's like a hazard, like a bridge, I'm kind of okay with, cause I'll just cheese somebody and push them off the bridge quick. That usually backfires but, for me. Yeah. It, it can backfire pretty easily, but like when there's three to four, it's really annoying. Like it doesn't feel like a fair challenge. And the camera and lock-on isn't good enough for me to feel like confident fighting that many people because I'll screw up on like changing my camera to whoever is attacking me. And within that and period you... of time, someone's punched me in the back of the head or I've like changed my stance accidentally. Yeah, so one thing I usually do when I've got four people coming after me, I will, def- I will refer heavily to that block at that point. Because yeah. as soon as you lose track of one person, you don't know what they're going to come up with next. And I think maybe because I picked the dodge ability as well, like I ver- I almost instinctively never use block. I'm all about like dodge it, recover the stamina really quick, and then just flurry of punches, and then dodge and flurry of punches and kicks again. Yeah. So how do you like the combo system? 
It's amazing. It's really good. I love building a combat deck. It it just feels awesome to like get to weigh all these factors of your like starting and ending stance. Um, I like the whole strength decks kind of uh, split between how your attacks have uh, greater power or speed, and then uh, like the range of attacks and the fact that some of them can stop people from charging or they have you hop over a low attack or duck under a high attack is really Uh cool too. Like how an attack can also be a dodge or an interrupt just makes it that much more satisfying when you land it or when it it works to your advantage in a fight. I've got Um, a kick that moves me forward, but it's also a parry. So like the kick has a little bit of a wind up. And if if I get hit during that wind up, the kick actually changes to a low kick instead of a high kick. I haven't learned anything that cool yet. I, I do have a lot of kicks. Like I, I've run a lot of swift kicks that are mostly sweeping. And so I'm just kind of like this spinning cloud of kicks when I'm in my uh, rear when stances, your, which is when like you're in the, that right stance, uh, like backward left and backward right stance. Yeah. Backward left is my favorite stance to be in. Cause like I can just combo until my stamina is out and I can just keep landing hits. Um, I've got and then a, I, I kind of have some power in my forward stances a little bit, but I'm mostly dex build. I too am mostly a dex build, and I'll stick with my favorite uh, stances front right because I've got a one-two punch quick jab that goes into that um that parry kick. Oh, okay. That actually, and the parry kick ends back at that back in front left. And then it'll go right back into that two one two punch quick jab, so it's kind of a never ending string of three hits, which works out very wonderfully because the one time that I'm like open, as long as they're not trying to dodge, is during the parry attack. How do you like uh, the equipment in this game? Being able to equip all the different kind of armor types and how that affects your speed. Have you kept your speed at fast, or have you gone down to normal or slow? Twenty seven is my speed. Oh, so you're fast. I'm very fast. Uh, as long as no one's coming at me with a knife, I'm pretty much good to go. I've got everything built up to my block for um, blunt objects, and speed is up. But besides that, my sharp uh, like damage reduction is at like one. <laughs> so you're going to get cut to ribbons if somebody's got a sword. Yes, so when swords come out... I definitely focus on that person. It's just all dodging. Yeah. And are hitting as hard as I can so I can knock the sword out of their hand. Yeah, that's it's definitely really cool to be able to disarm an opponent from using a sword or like gloves by just putting the pressure on them and landing a couple good hits in succession. It's super satisfying when you're fighting a group and you take out the guy with the sword, pick it up, oh, and yeah. then like turn on the group to do a bunch of damage with that. So is there much motivation for a single player sort of, uh, or for, for someone that's interested in story and narrative to play this game? No, this has less what? narrative <laughs> than Dark Souls. <laughs> that's impressive. They were you, like, you are selected as an absolver. Have fun. Please absolve everything you can. <laughs> you get a tap on the shoulder and then a mask gets put on your face and then you appear somewhere else and you just start, you learn how to fight and then you just start fighting people. Like, that is the story. You've got to beat some people, who cares or who knows why, to climb a tower, 
to then become a master or like an absolver and then you're just going to enjoy the pvp experience at that point which honestly i think that works to the game's benefit like I enjoy the it's PvP experience. It's really good. Yeah, the PvP experience is why I'm playing it. So The one-on-one. What level are you? 20, maybe. I'm near 20 or slightly above it. Okay. I'm yeah. somewhere between 15 and 20. Yeah, but so we're, like, we're close whenever I PvP, the same, I think. Well, for now, until I grab it on PC, and then we won't be the same. What's You'll the level cap? Catch up pretty quick. Correct. I, is there a level cap? That's the Correct. question. <laughs> um, I don't think that's determined yet. Is your deck good enough to get a pupil yet? Get a what? Pupil? No. No, my deck's not good enough for that yet. My deck is actually pretty um pretty sparse, I think, for how high my level is. Because I know you're supposed to learn from opponents, but every once in a while I'm just like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this guy right now. And I don't give him a chance to respond whatsoever. Just punch him to death. Which is probably the worst way to play Absolver to build your deck. But that's okay. I'll make better yeah. progress. Okay. Well, then that tells me that I probably... Yeah, I'll grab it on thing. I was kind of hoping that you were far enough along to where you could make me a pupil. And then we could just play together. Well, we'll need I to figure out how the party that. system works. Yeah. We we do. Um, there is some password options for partying that I noticed when I was looking through on the connectivity. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it could be something as simple as like we can go ahead and set like a keyword, and if our keyword is the same, we'll find each other or like populate into the same server space instance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we can do that. I'll work on learning to become a uh, teacher. Teacher. And I'll also uh, try and be a little bit better about rounding out my deck. That's probably the other thing, too, is I feel like once I get a new move, I'm just like, now I'm unstoppable <laughs> that, that I have the weak 50 damage sweeping leg kick. I can't be beaten. <laughs> but it, it's... It's going to be fun, and I, I hope it continues to play well. It's a little buggy. I had the Unreal Engine crash on me once, but it's not horrible. And so I'm really quite satisfied with the launch, and I, I hope to be playing quite a bit more of it as I finish up on uh, the other games I'm trying to play right now. It's nice to get in just 15, 30 minutes on Absolver compared to just about any other game, like 15 to 30 minutes doesn't feel like enough. But with Absolver, 30 minutes of uh, time in it, when it's such an intensely focused game for the fighting, like it yeah. occupies those small spaces very well. This could be a fun thing to play on the Switch if it, if it were on something like that. Like that level of that. portability, but also intensity in the small bouts that you play. That Everything would be good on the Switch. So you said you've been trying to play that along with some other games. What else has you been? What else have you been playing? Damn good segue. It, that was amazing. <laughs> Just fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> hey. So the other game I've been focusing a lot of time on is Prey, uh, which is the first-person horror shooter uh, that was published by Bethesda and developed by Arcane, who is also responsible for uh, my other favorite kind of gaming series, Dishonored. Uh, and you can tell pretty early on because the controls 
as far as like movement are like feel super similar to Dishonored. They have like a uh, sprint that you can then slide into a crouch, and it is the exact same. Like it's the exact same period of time for the slide and then the crouch. It feels like they took that straight out of Dishonored's uh, mechanics and put it in. But the did either of you play Deus Ex at all? Yes. Neil did. Okay, and I mean Human Revolution, but I imagine that, uh, what is it, Mankind Divided Mankind or whatever divided. couldn't have been that different. The gameplay feels kind of like Deus Ex, but um, of, in its setting, of course, it's in space and not in uh, Detroit. So, you know, space is a lot less desolate than, the, than Detroit, and so <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then, uh, unlike Deus Ex, I think it's really fun. Like, I've had a lot of fun with it. The powers uh, are really pretty wide in what you can do. And what I'm trying to do to get an achievement is play one playthrough where I only use the human abilities and one playthrough where I only use the... uh, Oh, shoot. What are they called? Um, Alien abilities? (laughs) Yeah, the alien abilities. I can't remember. The Typhon. That's what it is. The Typhon abilities. And so... I'm playing one as a uh, female Morgan Yu engineer and cool person with human abilities. And then the other one I'm playing as psychopath Morgan Yu, the dude who just has Typhon abilities. And I'm just going to like fuck shit up with him. So, so quick question. Is there yes. like a indirect ability that allows you to make people slip and fall in this um, game? I, I mean, I can transform into, say, a coffee cup if I'm a Typhon, and maybe if I roll myself underneath their foot while they're walking, that's, that's actually how I can, you know, like, get most of my kills while conserving ammo, is just have them slip and break their neck. If, if so, and that's what you'll the, say. And please, it, and then it please won't be do the, it. Yeah, and then I'll go ahead and get the, like, uh, what is, whatever the empathetic achievement is where I don't kill anybody. I just paralyze everyone on the station. Please, please keep summer <laughs> safe. But, but yes, um, if you can do that, every time that that happens, I need you to go sleep. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's from the anime uh, Trapped in Another World with my smartphone. Oh, I, I haven't watched any more of that. It's okay. It stays about the same. And now he just heavily relies on that spell slip. So he was getting into a fight with somebody and he was like, oh, so all I have to do is just like knock you prone, right? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. All right, ready? Begin. Sleep. <laughs> I do remember that spell. And at the time thinking to myself, this is, this is a Jojo power right here. <laughs> yeah. Then he finishes him off with Frizzoo or Crickle. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say so far that you're enjoying Prey more than Dishonored 2? Then Dishonored 2? No, Dishonored 2 is still better. The the map uh, that I played last, like the level that I played last in Dishonored 2 was the Clockwork Mansion. And I it, it's pretty well known. Like I think it's earned quite a bit of uh, renown for just being a very cool and complex level. The Clockwork Mansion, basically, because I'm not going to talk about Dishonored too much right now. Um, because I'll finish that probably after Prey, since Prey will take me a lot less time to finish. But the Clockwork Mansion, um, you have two areas prior to the actual mansion that 
are pretty interesting, but they're your standard kind of dishonored level. Like there are multiple ways to approach it. And there are a couple of things that you can do that aren't, or that are like optional for the mission and give you a little bit more context about the game or give you a little bit more of an advantage um, for later parts of the stage. But the Clockwork Mansion is amazing because you can go into this place and all of these rooms transform. If you pull a lever, they can have like, at, they have at least two configurations, if not more, for each room. And so this entire level is just this like puzzle box in which moving one switch transforms the layout on up to, you know, like three different floors or spaces. And it allows for this really, really cool progression through the mansion um, by either transforming it to your will and seeing how that uh, changes your access to the level. Or what I did is I tried to go through it without ever transforming the mansion so I wouldn't alert the uh, mark that I was supposed to neutralize. And so that's really cool. You essentially have to find a way to like slip through the in slip into the interior um, kind of walls and the mechanical nooks and crannies of the mansion in order to navigate that way. And it made for a super fun experience. I spent hours playing that level. And I don't know if I've played a level in a game that was designed so intricately and so well that I just felt like I'd never be able to fully comprehend the actual layout. It was super cool. Very, very labyrinthine and very fun to experiment with all the different uh, approaches I could take. Sounds fun. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, Prey is not like that. Prey like rewards exploration, but it's one of those things where it's like find a um, service vent or an air duct to kind of navigate around this locked door or whatnot. There is one really cool item in that game, though, that I wish more games had that would just be, you know, more games could have a very unique utility item like the glue gun that's in Prey. I can use this thing to, like, put out fires or to seal gaps. Um, so the outside of the space station gets ruptured, and in order to get to this area that's been locked down because of the rupture, I can go out into space um, and then seal it from the outside with the glue gun, and then that allows me to access this area that was previously locked due to the uh, it not being pressurized. Or I so, can use it to uh, like create weird little foam trails on the walls that I can climb to get to higher ground, or I can use it to immobilize enemies. Like There's a million different things you can do with it, and it's so much fun. And I, I can see how someone could play the game with like just the glue gun and the wrench as their main items. What do they call the glue gun? Uh, it's G-L-O-O for some sort of acronym, and then gun. So the glue gun. Just the first mention of it made me think of el like a super soaker shooting Elmer's glue, and I'm like, this doesn't seem effective at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Jellifoam Lattice Organism Obstructor, or glue cannon. There we go. That's what it's lattice? called. Yeah, well, lattice? Yeah. Lattice sounds like a fake word to get this to... Wait, no, lattice? No, it totally, oh, lattice is a real thing. It totally lattice. makes sense that it's a lattice because it's it's forming like a macromolecular structure. And so 
it it is like form forming this sort of almost mineral lattice when it hits things. It like totally lattice makes sense. work, right? L a t t i c e. Yes. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it's a it's like a glue that hardens into this almost stone like hexagonal orb, and then uh, it can it can be used for all sorts of things. Like I I stopped an electrical box from st- surging or like hitting me with arcs of electricity by gluing over it for a little bit um so what you're saying is this is basically uh new age duct tape yeah exactly it's space age duct tape which should be the like most useful tool ever it's it's great and uh there's a lot of really fun stuff with the game too like it it very much follows the bethesda style um storytelling through item placement and other little like illustrative corners of uh notes and other relevant like i guess books and things like that so for instance i found a snowman that was made out of glue cannon orbs and then it had some items that i can like recycle for materials to craft stuff later which is really cool too you can craft almost any item that you need once you get the fabrication plans for it do they do they use audio logs as well yeah, they use audio logs, they use textbooks, and they use computers very similar to Deus Ex, where you can hack them to get in, or you can try and find passwords. So, like, I found the glue snowman, and it had a note next to it, and then there was some terminal references to it at other points in time. Some of the other weapons and items are really cool, too. Like, there's one called the Huntress Boltcaster, and it's a Nerf crossbow. Like, it is a Nerf crossbow, but... I can use the Nerf darts to hit computer screens to like, since they're all touchscreen, I can hit like the open door command on the computer screen if I can look through the little slot in the glass window or something. Oh, so to basically allow for like some creative puzzle solving, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And that's really cool. There's a lot of like reading that's thematically relevant to Prey, I think finds its strength in like surprising the player with uh, both the gameplay elements that, that occur, like the mimics transforming from objects in the environment and other like kind of jump scare surprises and things like that, as well as narrative surprises. I can't, like, I don't know where the story's going and it, I don't know if it's good or not yet, but it's certainly something that I, I can't follow it and expect exactly what the next outcome will most likely be. I, I've heard some pretty good some pretty good things about the ending, so I think I think you should be looking forward to it. That's but good. In the interest I'm in the interest s- of making progress, I just realized that we're getting close to fifty minutes. And we still haven't even opened the hot pot. Uh-oh. No, we haven't. Uh-oh. So, Neil, what have you been playing? Yeah, I'll really quickly just say that. Uh, I finished the letter, or at least my first my first couple playthroughs of it now. And I definitely have a much better understanding of how that game works and how the butterfly effect is quite literally a butterfly effect, This where the smallest choice can basically put you on a completely different route. So I, I do really want to commend that game for having like a really well-written, if not terribly edited story and script but uh we are going to start uploading videos of the letter with scott and i and at any point in time if you want to join in cookie like it might it might be weird to jump in until i get the first videos out so you could catch yourself up if you're interested makes sense Ooh, but, speaking of videos of the letter 
Can we do videos of Hot Tofu Boyfriend? I I guess so. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to, I'm game. I am totally game for that. It's free PlayStation Plus game, man. Oh, so for okay. September. So I'm not even buying it. Yeah. So Fucking do it. Good reason to play it. You're gonna fall in love with uh all the your pigeons. favorite pigeon or favorite Nope, bird. nope. Going for a uh reverse harem. Cause you wanna get all the birds? I'm gonna get all the birds. Bird is the word after all. Yeah. Sorry to cut you short. Oh no, it's fine. That's all I really want to say on it. It's a good game. I think it was well worth like the eighteen dollars or whatever I spent on it. I know I said I was going to talk about Sonic Mania and West of Loathing, but after listening to the last podcast, I kind of realized I had said like more than enough. You know, <laughs> they they are what I thought they were. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about some news and some things we couldn't cover or we didn't have time to cover last week. All right, here, guys, here's that sound y'all like. <laughs> what? Was that the sound of a pot opening up? Yeah, yeah the hot pot. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Scott, why don't you tell us about Nino Cooney 2? Did either of you guys play Nino Cooney 1? The Wrath of the White Witch or something like that? I started the first one and played a little bit. Uh, one of my roommates at the time had purchased it, and I thought it was kind of interesting, although like lower variety, better battle system Pokemon. Yeah, okay, that's kind of what I've heard about it. And um, I, I had been interested in it as well, but since my interest in Pokemon started to wane um, as I got less tolerant to grinding, I decided not to really go into it. But I've kept my eye on Nino Kuni too. And uh, recently it was uh, released that they will be revamping their combat system to get away from that old classic uh, JRPG turn-based combat system. And they're they're now going to have this game with uh, two different types of combat. One of them is going to be um, similar to other JRPG games in which the like player character has a little bit more agency and they can perform actions against you know the monsters and enemies. I think it kind of looks to me like what um, MMORPG games like, say, Final Fantasy XIV have for their combat system. You have more free movement, but the attacks that you uh, perform are all kind of like special abilities that either affect a uh, targeted enemy or you have kind of like an area of effect kind of spell. But they'll have that for, I believe, their main combat system, and that'll be for most of their boss fights and whatnot. But uh, as a uh, secondary version of combat, there's kind of like this overworld um, troop battle thing where you essentially navigate over a kind of zoomed out overworld or a slightly zoomed in overworld is what I should say with uh, your character acting as a leader and then having a bunch of troops that fight in rock, paper, scissors matches while you progress towards an objective. And it looks a lot lot more fun than the turn-based combat in my opinion. So I think they're reaching out to engage like a more western audience and to update sort of what the what the jrpg version of combat is like i I hope that that's a change that will be present in more video games in the future can we start a war based on rock paper scissors please where we literally have troops of people playing rock paper scissors (laughs) to advance a retreat 
I we I could mean, just play in some sense that's that sort of system's been implemented in other games before. Right. I know fighting games are rock, paper, scissors, but you know, I literally want them to play rock, paper, scissors now. <laughs> the the first version of their battle system in uh, Nino Kuni one was like a really well disguised active turn based battle system. But not having as much to do with the main character or like your playable character aside for, from like, if I remember correctly, some supportive spells, it just, the entire idea of the game felt weird because it's like, yeah, it, it's literally what Pokemon should be, where you are a free running person and your, your Pokemon are like in this geographical world. I, and I say that as opposed to like a menu-driven battle system mm-hmm. where they're freely op- like op- in open combat with the other Pokemon. But at the same time, like given this, like the, the grandeur of what Nino Kuni is supposed to be, or, or is, I should say, maybe I'm just like, I, I could have the unpopular opinion here. Towering over your enemies and, or at least the majority of your random encounters and your own monster, it just feels kind of weird that you're you're basically playing chicken, uh, chicken fighting or dog fighting. Like, <laughs> Why don't you just that, bonk the monsters over the head with your rod or whatever? Exactly. Just something about it feels weird and awkward to me. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Like, giving, giving the player more agency, I think, allows for this game to potentially be, a, in my opinion, a good game. And this the, is weird. The war system is definitely interesting to some aspect, and it's definitely suitable because I think you play as like a prince or something. Yeah, in the yeah, second you, game. you play as a prince, and oh, what is it? You play as a prince with cat ears, or maybe fox ears. You've got animal ears. Yeah, you gotta appeal to the furry audience. Kawaii. Yeah, but yeah, so it this makes sense odd. that you could command a lot of troops. Their boss fights looked like they they would be pretty fun, so. I'm looking forward to it. And it's it's a very pretty game from what I can see as well. This is one of those uh, collaborations with uh, Studio Ghibli animators, I believe. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? Mm-hmm. I mean... It's a Ghibli. Ghibli. It is. Okay. It's a J sound. I found out myself. I, I confirmed it myself because I've been calling it Ghibli as well as of late. And then... Studio Ghibli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Studio Jehibli. While we're on the topic of JRPGs, a Square classic from the Super Famicom and SNES, Secret of Mana is getting a remake for the PS4, Vita, and Steam with a currently slated release date for February 15th, 2018. Interesting to point out because this is one RPG, one Square uh, RPG that is showing up on the SNES Classic and uh, certainly makes sense that they put it on that now that we find out they're making a remake for it. They're going to build the hype. Yeah, not much to say about it too far. Uh, Arc Survival is getting a TV show How? by the what? staff of Game of Thrones. It sounds like possibly the most unbelievable thing that's happened yet with Arc Survival. You mean unbelievable within the sense of the storyline or unbelievable that like this is the dumbest idea Unbelievable as in, like, Donald Trump is our president. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, defies all reason. <laughs> we, we have come to the age where Shenmue 3 is coming out. Donald Trump is president. And uh, anything can happen. So, what would this show be? Dinosaurs, man. Jurassic Park on steroids. Shooting dinosaurs. Riding dinosaurs being friends with dinosaurs, so having like good cop, bad cop relationships with dinosaurs. So it's going to be a live action 
end game of Ark Survival? It's a live action MMO. Yes. Maybe it'll be an MMO in the game. Like maybe the Here, game is about a bunch of kids playing Ark Survival. And Who then knows? they fall into comas and they're stuck in Ark Survival. They've got to make it their new reality. Oh, that's so 2001, Scott. And, and then they have to go and find the creator of the game who's at the top of the Ark Survival Tower and beat him in order to release themselves. Oh, that's so 2016, Neil. They're going to call it Re-Ark Survival Zero slash Night. That's so 2017, Scott. <laughs> well, that's a thing. I mean, in the world where uh, Netflix... In in this reality where Netflix is able to like come up with all these crazy uh recreations or like new series, I guess, and so forth, and all the good that comes of it, I guess we have to take some of the bad. You mean like GameStop saying that its expensive SNES classics in Switch bundles are more convenient for people? <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. That's ludicrous. <laughs> ludicrous speed. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, I didn't have a follow up. There isn't a follow-up to it. He's just <laughs> outright saying, like, well, our overpriced packages that sell you that Mega Man figurine helmet you've always wanted, even though you've never played Mega Man. I mean, it's it's for your benefit as the customer, not for ours as the distributor. We Credit to where it's due. This is a GameStop, or GameStop, excuse me. Not Definitely not a GameStop it's a Game uh, Spot article, article, but I believe yeah. this was a GameSpot article. If you move uh, some letters around, it is a, a GameStop <laughs> article. Well, they're doing a great job of not supporting their quote-unquote... Uh, Circle of life. Shadow partner, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Or the quote here is, we really try to do a great job of pairing up items with things customers like to buy. In the case of the Switch, we know the customer is going to want a way to charge the Joy-Con, so we often throw in a charging device. We know the Switch has limited memory, and customs like to download games, so we'll add a memory stick. We know that customers want to decorate their houses with shitty figurines, so we go ahead and we throw in four of those. Yeah, the, the comparison is ridiculous. He's referencing uh, items that are more convenient in packages. I don't disagree that the memory card option or the Joy-Con controller is a good thing to bundle in. But Wait, I don't think that's those? where people are complaining at all. I, I love the article illustrates a SNES console along with a banana <laughs> because that's <laughs> quite literally more useful than a lot of the bundles uh, Think Geek came up with. Yeah. Because I can at least eat the banana. You can use it for scale, so you can measure if your SNES will fit in the space or not. I, I need to take a picture of this random object with a banana to give you an idea of how big it is. You can go ahead and use the banana as a controller for uh, Dark Souls play. There's so many things you can do with it. Hit banana. it with a quick makey-makey. There you go. Yeah. And when it starts going bad, you could probably give the banana to like a child, and they could pretend it's a phone, a banana phone. You could make <laughs> banana bread and then keep the peel and use it as a slip spell. Yeah, Sweet. exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. GameSpot may have come up with bundle of the year right here. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this, this bundle, bundle is not a real bundle. Unless you're buying it from Bob the Scamp. <laughs> Customers have the opportunity to come into our stores and choose the accessories that they would like to bundle with their hardware or buy so, online the predetermined bundles we have put together to help making the shopping experience more convenient. Okay. So what he's basically saying is customers have the opportunity to come inside the store and buy the thing that they want or they can buy the thing with other things for the same price as if they were buying them all separate. <laughs> exactly. Yep. 
also he's saying that customers can go in the store and actually see these Nintendo products in the store. And magically, the cost of all of these accessories went up just a bit before the NES Classic bundles were released, too. So mm-hmm. what, what? speaking of items that, you know, re- receive I, other things kind of packaged in with them to maybe validate a higher price. Have you heard about the Street Fighter II cartridges that are getting released on the 30-year anniversary? You mean the ones that are being released on the NES? No, the SNES cartridge? Yeah, yeah. Old, the, the re- old SNES cartridges. Well, they're not old cartridges, but if you have a SNES, chances are that's old. For the record, this is not done by Capcom, like first party-wise. Obviously, it was licensed out at some point uh, for this company to do it. And the company eludes me right now. Uh, I am 8-bit. That's exactly right. The The one thing I remember when I was putting together this list of topics was that when you pre-order one of these or order one of these street fighter 2 cards there's no guarantee that you're going to get like there's no choice in the colors so whether you get the red one which i think is the limited like thousand quantity version of it or just the plain cart uh it's sort of a crapshoot but when i was recreating this list today i noticed a very interesting title basically saying that these carts may blow up if you use them (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think that's that's right. I think the uh, the hardware itself will overheat and not the cartridges. Oh, and okay, uh, 4,500 of the cartridges will be opaque Ryu red, and the remaining 1,000 are translucent glow-in-the-dark Blanca green. Okay, but, there we go. So they're the Blanca ones that are the uncommon ones. Yeah, um, but they are warning the new release could be a fire hazard, which will cause older systems to overheat. So there's, I really want to give the Nerdist article that I found for this uh, credit for a great line that says, it might just shuriken your system, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool that they were still releasing games for the SNES. Man, if only and they were releasing it, SNESs. That won't start on fire? That won't overheat? Oh, that shoot. won't take cartridges? Yeah. I I just don't understand, like... I I don't know. Why release something that's going to potentially be a hazard? Wait, are you, are we talking about the old Samsung products? I guess we're talking about everything <laughs> at this point because yeah. now you have to worry about getting run over by going out and giving an SNES Classic, which won't unfortunately work with your new Street Fighter Two cart. You know, we nope. we have so many complaints these days about uh, you know like homegrown terrorists making IEDs and whatnot. But when we can purchase them from the next biggest electronics re- retailer as a gaming system or a phone, it's, uh, it's a little curious why they don't go ahead and do a, do a crackdown on the distributors for maybe making products that don't explode. So we can't use them that way. The one thing that keeps people in check is their uh, stock market, market values. Stock market values. <laughs> stock Am market. I from Boston? I guess so, Neil. <laughs> Just as a final closing topic, I did not realize that the Inpatient, the game uh, uh, for the PSVR that's coming out, I th- oh gosh, now I'm blanking. That's actually a uh, in-universe prequel to Until Dawn. Wait, did you know that, you, Cookie? You didn't no. know that? No, I didn't. I just assumed it was a standalone VR experience. I totally thought it was I... suggested that it was a Until Dawn prequel. I, I could have sworn 
there was at least some sort of reference to that when I was watching all of the uh, big reveal trailers for E3 this year. But that, so that that was the thing. That's when I was looking back on the E3, uh, that Sony E3 presentation. I didn't think there was anything that alluded that it was the same universe asylum as the until dawn asylum i guess i just thought since there was a psychiatrist or whatever um and until dawn also uh heavily featured a psychiatrist in the beginning that maybe they were related i assume they were related so they just couldn't afford uh oh god who's the uh, psychiatrist in until dawn now i don't know the uh bond villain or is is he a bond villain i feel like he's a bond villain at some point in time i feel like everyone's a bond villain at some point in time yeah, regardless. Makes me a lot more interested in playing that game, though. Like, I was already kind of sold on the inpatient, but seeing that it's now linked to Until Dawn makes me even more curious and interested because the asylum that it takes place in is closed down by the events of Until Dawn. Well, you can certainly buy a PSVR. I could. Wait, did you sell yours? No, no. I'm selling it. Uh, oh, I see, wanna... I see where this this is going. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a price drop on uh, PSVRs coming up, isn't there? Or has it and already been a permanent place? price drop on all of the headsets at this point? So I'm starting to wonder just how soon it'll be until we hear about the second generation. I believe they're everyone's speculating 2018, early 2018, when they're starting to that sounds about start right. really pushing for it. But right now they've got. For the HTC Vive, an official kind of unofficial announcement because everyone can mod these things because how open source everything is. At least the HTC Vive. Yeah. So there's like an official unofficial already uh, wireless version. And I'm super excited for the HTC Knuckle to come out. Yeah, that it's controller getting close. looks... That, that literally is like... that. That is the right direction. That's the phrase I'm looking for because, I mean, the uh, as as much as the touch it is, the the Oculus Touch is like a more natural controller. You still have to hold the controller as opposed to that knuckle where your hands are open. Like and it's that, still... powerful. Yeah. So you can bitch slap anyone you want. Yeah. It, you know, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily need to go into it that much, but VR certainly seems like it's... It's going places. More, yeah, it's becoming more and more interesting. And uh, like it certainly seems like uh, the next iteration of it should be should make some big waves, but I think that just about does it for Omake. episode thirty of the Fancy Ramen podcast. If you have comments, questions, or corrections, you can write in to podcast at fancyramen dot com. And if you're watching on YouTube or listening on YouTube, you can comment below as well. Uh, best way to. <laughs> And if you've been enjoying the show, (laughs) leave a review with us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting service. But more importantly, tell a friend and help us grow our our audience. Neil's getting all these accents near the end of the the recording. (laughs) Our. Because we don't like minute audiences. My new audience is, oh, 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 the fucking wordplay is (laughs) next level. (laughs) Omake! One day. Uh, if you have any questions about uh, what we're going to watch next, send us some suggestions. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You can also send us money. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie really wants to get that second generation VR stuff accounted for. Oh, yeah. As soon as possible. You, did you buy a Rift or am I crazy? I did not buy a Rift. Okay. You are crazy. 
Because like at, at the price points they are now, something made me think that you might have picked up a rift. Uh, at the price points they are now, I definitely have been walking into a Best Buy looking like, you know, I could buy that rift. Then you'd have all three headsets. The big three. And yet, still not much to play. <laughs> and yet still not satisfied. So I'm just going to stick with making skateboards for right now. I'm Neil. I'm Cookie. I'm Scott. Lizzie's. I was about to say Lizzie's gone. Oh, okay, I was she, waiting. She abandoned wanna, the podcast at some point. I want to cut her off again. And I'm Scott again. Thanks for listening. <laughs>